Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Workplace Revolution with me, Sife Bolani. In this episode, I'm joined by our now regular conversation contributor on The Workplace Revolution, Ms. Celeste Stewart. Celeste is a learning strategist and founder of Bold Curiosity, a graduate development, leadership and learning consultancy. Our previous conversations with Celeste have been about organizational culture and authentic leadership, as well as why and how humble culture is harmful to black women and women of color, encouraging women to adopt self-promotion as a way of life. This time around, we're tackling confidence. So often when we speak about confidence, it means showing up in the world as what is known to be an extrovert, which often renders invisible people who identify as introverts. And the question really is, does confidence allow room for not winning without impacting on your self-worth? Does it accommodate the reality that we won't always get our way? Does it give us the space to show up authentically in every space that we're in? And these are just some of the things that we're going to be tackling. Celeste, welcome to the Workplace Revolution. (laughs) Thanks, Sihle. It's lovely to be back. And what an interesting topic today. Absolutely. But before we get into that, congratulations on your website. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Every time someone says congrats, I feel like I need to break out in like song and dance. <laughs> I feel but you. I, you know, like I, like I said to you, th- and thanks for the congrats. And, and it's, it's lovely to be occupying that space and also to just... Um, you know, be be very loud and clear about what my intention is um, for the website and and what my business is about and what's driving me and and the impact I want to have. So yeah, it's it's a really cool milestone and I'm very excited. And 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 everyone clearly now sees my favorite color is pink. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find your website and what can they find? Uh, what will they be able to have access to? So my website is www.boldcuriosity.com and um, the website is a space for me to talk about the organization, the work I do, the impact and my why. So on a content level, that's what you find. But also I was very, very driven, like I said to you. And to your point about can we show up as ourselves? I wanted to show up as myself in the virtual space as well because I do it in the in the real world and and I wanted it to be a very clear extension of my brand and so that's why it's out there and I, I did have a moment of like is it too colorful is it too different like it doesn't look like a lot of other consultants in this in the space that I'm in but 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 lastly and and also not last actually very important is I wanted there to be a very clear message around representation Mm. um as somebody who grew up reading stories where i never saw myself in the story Mm. i was not going to be the author who wrote a storybook that perpetuated that i'm very driven by the decolonization narrative and i see my role in that so i was very clear with the, the graphic design and she did an amazing job around give me images of, you know, I want to see a light brown skin. I want to see dark brown skin. I want to see different hair textures. I want to, you know, like I I want to see women like that look like you and I in, in the images. And 
it was just so beautiful because she went beyond that and then she also went um and she also gave me images around body diversity as well mm. which was great um and so yeah that thing about i want women to look at my men and women to to look at the images and see themselves in it mm. that was critical and and she she did it in a lovely way so yeah that's what my website is all about fantastic so everybody Please do go and check out that website, uh, www.boldcuriosity.com. So, confidence. Celeste, what is confidence to you? For me, confidence is really about me. Firstly, there's two layers in it. There's how do I talk to myself about myself? Mm. Um, What's the narrative I have about me? And then secondly, how do I show that to the world? Whether it's the way I engage in a one-on-one conversation or whether I show up in a big space where there's lots of people. So um, it's it's got that double layer for me. How, how do I see and feel about myself? Mm-hmm. And what do I put out there for everyone else to see? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know for myself growing up, um, you know, every time people would say oh so and so is so confident you know um i wish i was that confident the imagery was always somebody who is loud you know somebody who (laughs) takes up space in your ears um somebody who (laughs) is bold in the way that we we all have typically understood bold to be and confidence has never embraced quiet confidence it's never Mm. embraced Mm. people whose confidence isn't loud and bright Mm. and bold but is still confidence Mm. and so i think that for so many of us we've all grown up with this very linear understanding of what it means to be a confident person and so you know we even started hearing phrases like well you just fake it until you make it you know you Mm. you you put on this act you put on this front until you know and people believe it um, and so, you know, for somebody like me, who's who considers themselves an introvert, it was a very difficult thing to, to grapple with because I'm generally a quiet person. Um, I'm more of an observer. Uh, I'm more of a listener than a talker. Um, and so many people might take that as, well, she doesn't seem like a particularly confident person. Um, and I can imagine how that must be for other people who might also identify mm. as introverts, uh, because then everything, all of the cues in the world tell us that there's no space for us and that success will not be for us because we mm. don't take up space in the way that is socially acceptable, you know, in order for people to take us seriously. So why I wanted us to have this conversation is I wanted to start to really unpack all of the different ways in which the idea of confidence uh, impacts on us and how it can influence uh, the way in which we are able to show up in different spaces. Mm. Um, and so I guess the starting point for me is around obviously defining just the concept of confidence, right? And it's, it's around the feeling or the belief that you can have faith in something, right? Or yeah. to trust in oneself, yeah. And that's essentially what it is. And that's essentially where it ends. But when I think about how we apply that un- understanding of, of confidence, you know, within practical life, whether it's in the workplace yeah. or whatever, confidence is 
okay, I, I, I can do this. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to do this presentation. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to win this account, right? Mm. And you go in and you believe in yourself. You believe in the, the work that you're producing, that you're showcasing, the way in which you're delivering it, fantastic stuff. And then you don't get that contract or you don't get that account or you yeah. don't get sign off on that thing. And then that automatically then makes people feel that they're not good enough. Mm. And so our definition of confidence has largely not given room for the fact that confidence is not determined by whether or not you win. Confidence exactly. is determined purely on what you trust you are capable of producing mm. as a person. Not how other people will receive it, what you are capable of yeah. internally. Absolutely. And, and can I just say that um, I, I completely hear you around those definitions, which, which definitely favor those of us who, have, who fall on the more extroverted side of the personality spectrum. Um, and and it's, it's so incredibly sad that the world is designed to favor extroverts because what, what happens when we develop like a strong feeling of like one camp is, is better than or more competent than the other, we lose the joy and the value that people who have acquired confidence brings. Mm. And so, um, and, and I've seen that as an extrovert myself, like I've seen when that sort of, um, that loudness and like in your face can can almost favor me um and then also kind of using using my power to make sure that the that there's more like level playing field in the room number one number two I, i'm married to a very deep introvert um shane and sean <laughs> <laughs> hey my two guys <laughs> for the people listening it's there's a there's a there's, people get his name mixed up and so we have this little joke about Shane and, and Sean, but I can guarantee you it's one man. But anyway, so, so um, being, a, you know, him being a very, very, very deep introvert. And then also as a, as a parent to two boys who it looks like are both have, have both got more introverted preferences. Um, I've really had to learn as a partner and as a parent to think about how I'm raising my children and think about how I'm engaging with my partners. So I'm just, I'm talking about my personal life, but I think it's got merit for other spaces as well. Mm. Um, so when they say they want to have a birthday party and they only want to have four people, I don't go, oh no, invite your whole class because it's painful for them. Mm. <laughs> they, they don't want to have a whole class there. They want to have meaningful connections and the friends who are closest with them in an intimate setting and at the end people must just leave and then they recharge on their own yeah so i think when we when we favor extroverts we miss the lesson that introverts bring us and that you know rather spend your time with like the the not rather but don't be afraid to to connect with the people that that really matter when we have these special um celebrations and then also you know, the, the, the key difference between an ex introvert and an extrovert is that um, introverts need time to disconnect so that they can reconnect with mm. people at a later stage. So they can't go from one event to the other. Like, it's draining. People, people, people drain you yeah. if you do it back to back. And so it's an opportunity to remind everyone to take the time out to recharge 
so that when we have engagements with people, it's good quality engagements. Mm. Now, when we don't create, when we when we exclude introverts and we give them the message that they should become something else, we lose the value that they bring, but we also lose the lessons that they can bring us that we can all benefit from. So we can all benefit from recharging and being mindful of sometimes just trimming down how many people we have around us because you know you rather have want to have good connections good quality mm-hmm. than have like a mass of people around you and actually there's not much depth happening <laughs> in the yeah. conversation so so um i'm so committed to also making a difference in the world um showing being aware of how i show up myself as an extrovert and then do i create spaces where introverts feel welcome and that they belong and that they can show up as their most authentic self Mm. because let me tell you something about introverts they don't need to say a lot they can make one statement and it's so incredibly powerful they can change the entire dynamic in the room you've got people sitting in your meetings who've got the answer they see through the bs Mm -hmm. (laughs) they call a spade a spade they can give you your whole, like this whole summary, this whole explanation I'm doing now. Somebody can probably do it in two sentences. <laughs> and there's, there's value in that. But when we say to people, you're not good enough because you're not showing up in a certain way, they're not going to share that with you. And we are all at a loss mm. because of the message that we give people when they fall on the more introverted side of the spectrum. Mm, absolutely. One of the other things that I have observed um, and particularly in the workplace, um, because obviously that's an area that I pay very close attention to, um, yeah. is that for the most part, confidence has become something that people put on, right? And so I find that it it, it takes away opportunities for people to connect more meaningfully with themselves. Yeah. Because now everybody's just putting on a show or putting on an act, but you, you know, it, it doesn't even represent you. It doesn't reflect who mm. you are as a person. And so when do you actually get to be yourself? Because you're doing yourself a disservice thinking about a career, a career that spans a good 40, 50 years for some people, mm. you know, at which point do you get to just be like, you know what, who am I actually? Um, what does being in this environment mean for me and how do I bring myself and how do I get to a point where I'm so secure in who I am as a person um, and, you know, what, you know, my, my knowledge that I'm bringing in, this arsenal of insights that I have that I bring into this environment, um, you know, how do I, you know, get to a point where I attain or reach a level of confidence within that that enables mm. me to show up in any which way that I deem fit, that is that mm. suits me and not what is the organizational culture, for instance. Yeah. So, so okay, so, so what's your question? <laughs> I'm going into it. Um, one of the <laughs> learning strategies that, um, you know, you speak about often and, you know, you've kind of given a glimpse into, particularly in, you know, the sessions that you facilitated with Connected, uh, my platform Connected, mm. is around playing big. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, I would love for you to just share what the, the idea behind that is, um, because I think that it's such an important, um, you know, 
strategy for so many people to to be able to get their heads around and to be able to understand, but also to understand that obviously the work must start internally before it can yeah. reflect externally. Yeah. So, um, and can I just quickly pause and say sorry about that? I, I thought that you you mentioned the question and then I lost it in the explanation, but. But, but that's also an example of what happens when we think we must go too fast and too loud at times. It's like you were still getting to your question and, and I interrupted you. And so that's that's also what, what happens in, in businesses when we don't um, see the value of, of what the other person brings or um, allow these things to come when, when they need to. So that constant rush really isn't good for us. So um, um, playing big is or my understanding of, of playing big is when we operate from the basis that every person has got power inside of them. It looks slightly different from person to person. Um, it shows up slightly differently, but you've got everything you need um, to show up as your most powerful self, whether that's you with your more extroverted tendencies or you with your more introverted tendencies. And then playing big also says, how can you step into your power authentically? Mm. Um, it's not about like, <laughs> we must stop this nonsense where we think like women must go to a certain place and acquire confidence and and self-worth you you actually have it inside of you you choose to turn it on mm. but with 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 for me and my playing big movement i say you turn it on in a way that you grow into your skin more and more mm. in other words i'm not here to tell you become something that you're not um the the research around introverts extroverts shows that like i think 50 percent of people in the workplace um have more introverted um, preferences. And so what happens though is as we grow up in life, we, we, we start to see that for you to be successful, you must show up as an extrovert. So mm. show up as someone you're not. And so people take on that persona, like you said. But when we, when we come down to it, there's quite an equal balance. So for me, Ignite is about saying, show up as you are and develop into your most powerful self as you are. Mm. <laughs> so if you have... If you are more introverted, like how do we turn on your quiet power? You you literally used that phrase earlier. And and the, some of the most exciting work happening in the space of um, getting us to, to see the value that introverts bring talks about that quiet power in children, quiet power in leaders, quiet power in employees, quiet power in women. Mm. Um, quiet power, I mean, you know, we have this conversation while well, it's applying to schools. Why is it that the quiet children, like parents get called in to say like your child is quiet, like like what, what must they be loud all the time? <laughs> like, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's insane to see how every system that we engage in in society wants you to be extroverted. So for me, playing big is about be who you are, babes, and become more of who you are, babes, and find your strength within that because mm. that's how... You are successful. Life is tough enough as it is. I'm not here to tell you become someone else mm. or take on a different persona. Mm. You conquer your challenges. You get to the top of that mountain when you show up as you as you really are, and that's it for me. Mm. Absolutely. One of the things that you know, I'm starting to see more and more conversations around, and it's something that I've covered in some of my podcasts as well, is the issue of 
the creation of psychological safety for people um and particularly in the workplace or even at home you know creating a space where people feel safe to show up fully as who they are and know that they will not be judged they will not be penalized in any kind of way um they will not be harassed or targeted um they will not be made fun of or humiliated um and so what the creation of 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 that space does is that it gives people the confidence to be their full selves at work but also the confidence to be able to switch on that quiet power right um because when i think about you know the workplace and how and we were speaking about this earlier the work you know when you're at work you have to show up firstly as this extroverted person you have to be bold and in people's faces a lot of the time um if you want to be successful um and you must not show emotion so we keep putting in these requirements for success that chip away at everything that makes us human that chip away at everything that makes us who we are so how can we actually start addressing those issues within the workplace because i mean you deal directly with graduates right these are people who are used to showing up as themselves right they are from varsity they've been who they are they you know um and then they come into the workplace and it's a huge shock to the system because you know you can't speak that way you can't work that way you can't walk that way you can't do it like this you can't speak like that you can't have that kind of attitude you've got to speak up you know there's all of these all of these things that we just keep piling on to people in the workplace that take them further and further away from who they are so how do we begin to address that So I think firstly I mean an awareness of of what's happening and the dynamics at play. Um that's a starting point. Secondly, I think this the the time that we in now um with so much happening in the world, I think this is it's such a wonderful opportunities for 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 leaders to start questioning the type of culture they build whether mm-hmm. it's in their team or their project team or the organization i mean you know when when you say when you hear people say speak up i always say listen up mm. learn to listen and listen properly not listen to get a certain type of response mm. but listen to understand and have the courage because you know what it takes more courage to do this to listen in a way that makes it okay for the other person to tell you whatever they want to. Yeah. So obviously when I say whatever they want to like not like you talking about a project and they want to talk about chocolate cake not not that kind of like recklessness but if they want to give you honest feedback or bring in a different perspective or say to you that you know we're not focusing on the right thing to me psychological safety it's about everyone having courage in the room mm. to go into the space to have like really honest conversations and i think there are people out there in the world who would do it but i still think we 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 like you said we when we engage with people there's there's already like a like a loaded agenda or an expectation of what you want the person to say. Mm. And so we we need to learn to to toss what we've held on to in the past 
um and the you know if, if you look at like how how we how we prime people in the in the workplace mm. was very much based on this industrial era notion you come in you work you put your head down you only say a certain thing at a certain time to a certain person yeah. <laughs> in a certain way yeah. you go on a tea break you switch off your brain you eat your food you carry on on the production line yeah and and the world of work that we in now you we cannot actually afford to have that fear-based culture or show up in a certain way only so i think leaders play a huge role where that's concerned number one number two um this is where i take my job really seriously and i hold myself to a high standard when i'm running workshops with mentors i need to tell them that if they need to get uncomfortable yeah <laughs> the mentors like they need to be uncomfortable in other words if somebody comes to talk to you at nine o'clock in the morning about gender fluidity about sexual orientation about race you know you must be okay to hold spaces to have these conversations yeah. and the more honest people can be with you the better babes like because because you and, and nobody nobody has really prepared leaders for the shift but it's happening and if we don't get on board we are going to lose people and it's going to be incredibly sad so um i, I remember we when i was in corporate um i got involved in in a project it was around um HIV awareness i think i can't remember what exactly what the topic is and i'll never forget this one interaction so this is nine o'clock in the morning first thing me being me i'm like fabulous we're going to talk about everything including sex and i'm just so amazed again by how that three-letter word makes people do ballet around you so i uh, you know delegates arrive in the room and of course there's a there's condoms there's female condoms like everything because to me it's normal um and this this it director looks at me and she says you're not gonna do this like you're not mm. gonna have this conversation i was like of course i'm going to it doesn't matter if it's 9 a.m or you know 7 p.m we must be able to talk about these things all the time so for me that's about psychological safety it's about um and, and and allowing people to be who they are is our courage as leaders to go into conversations knowing that maybe nothing prepared us for it mm. but having the courage to go in there anyway and then i think the other cornerstone is vulnerability like if you know and 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 leaders and <laughs> employees like everyone being willing to be vulnerable if you go into a conversation with someone and nothing says nothing has prepared you or into a certain topic and it feels a bit uncomfortable like own that and say it's the first time i'm talking about this so please let me learn with you and i'm here to learn mm. like people people appreciate that and and they respect it and then you know as a leader be conscious of the fact that especially if you're an extrovert like when you're talking to somebody who has more introverted preferences they're not going to be fit moving around in their chair they're not going to be going oh yeah like all the time mm. they just process information differently mm. so when we talk about diversity um your employee is wired differently to you so you cannot expect them to respond to a conversation in the way you in the way you would yeah. the fact that they're staring at you and looking at you they 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 are fully engaged fully present they just process information differently so give them time bring the silence into the conversation mm. give people time to respond don't don't fall in silence i hate it when that happens yeah because 
and 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 you know talk about my website the second blog on my website is the power of silence mm. um which introverts do exceptionally well you know it's in the moments of silence that our insights brew and if we don't allow for the brewing to happen it will never come to the fore mm. so as a leader to encourage teams to um sometimes have less meetings allow for silence in your meetings so that you drive a different type of culture in the organization and and one where people feel like they belong and they don't have to wear a fake coat because that coat gets heavy after time mm. and then it, like nobody wins mm. Mm. absolutely um I, i i mean just thinking about that as you were speaking i can't even i've lost track and i'll probably will continue to lose track over the years of the amount of times i've been in meetings or conversations and people get so uncomfortable because i take time to process you mm. know i always take a few minutes to kind of think through what we're talking about and give myself the space to think quietly yeah. you know and people are so uncomfortable with that people are so uncomfortable with the quiet and i'm just like mm. honey i don't know what you are running away from inside yourself <laughs> but that is a you problem <laughs> Exactly. Now, as with all things, um intersectionality comes into play, right? When we're having this conversation around confidence and how it manifests itself in different people. Um so often for the large part, uh confidence has these very eurocentric definitions and associations <laughs> linked to it, right? Um and if it's not that, then it's very masculine. uh the way in which you know confidence is seen or the way in which it's described or expected to manifest itself what has your experience been as firstly a a woman um and then secondly a colored woman what has that journey been like for you in terms of what you understood confidence to be um and how you have navigated that to define it for yourself and what does it look like for you now Yeah and and you know when we first started talking about this I I said it it's um I've always had this weird view of like you said confidence was um you look a certain way your hair straight you're wearing the <laughs> an horrible pencil skirt that like just doesn't do anything <laughs> my rum bum you can't even do you know how i used like, to struggle trying to get into my car with a pencil oh skirt on oh yeah mm-hmm. it was never designed for us i can't like i can't even walk you must see how fit i look trying to walk in a pencil skirt like uh uh-uh, don't work for me so so for me i mean it's it's a very interesting question because growing up i never believed that i could be me who i am at home and be like the women i saw me at uh, saw around me in my community i never associated that with confidence mm-hmm. and that with professional and not in a like in a judgy kind of way but because of the narrative that mm-hmm. that that we were fed about what it looks like when you were alive at mm-hmm. a certain point and the sad thing is the messaging it gave me was that i needed to disconnect from who i was yeah. to be professional mm-hmm. and then when i when i came into the workplace you know we talk about how introverts are discriminated against but when you come into corporate and you are loud and you have melanin woo 
uh, it's, a, it's a combination. You like I was constantly told, like I need to, I need to tone it down. I need to polish up. Basically, saying to me, like go to finishing school, you know. Yeah. Um, and and speak in a certain way and all of that. So for me, the biggest thing for me was that I could never, I couldn't see myself in the standard that I was expected to work towards. I needed to become someone else. And I, I, I started at some point in that journey, disconnecting from me, disconnecting from my, my culture, which for me, <laughs> like it's out. When we go to family gatherings, it's loud. You you can't hear yourself speak because everyone's screaming. Mm. Everything's loud. It's expressive. It's none of the things we associate with professionalism and confidence. Like it's a different kind of way of existing in the workplace. And so, um, I I I started to think, okay, maybe I must like you know, sit in a certain way, speak in a certain way, laugh like in a certain way to show to show my confidence and professionalism mm. um adopt is different like a more polished kind of loud and also you know we we talk about like we spoke about self-promotion and all of that um and then that that not, not self-promotion but what you spoke about earlier that thing about winning all the time yeah associated with 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 confidence for me i grew up like i didn't grow up like that i was like you must win but everyone must win mm. like we must all gain something in this. That strong sense of benefiting as a community or as a group of people. Like for me, if you only if you win on your own out of a group, like you're selfish. <laughs> and so now I come into a space and I have to be confronted with these contrasting narratives. So I went through a point of thinking, okay, I must change. But it was tired. I became depressed. I became demotivated. I had the ultimate car as a manager at that stage in my life. And then I just, you know, I just, at one point I thought, what the hell am I doing? Like, who am I becoming? I couldn't, I couldn't identify with a woman that was staring back at me. And mm-hmm. I didn't like that one bit. And so I slowly started bringing myself back to who I am. And I've also recognized that I take a big risk still every day um, when I speak at a conference and my accent is the way it is. Uh, I'm not going to change it. Um, mm. If I want to say something and I want to smack my tongue in the middle of the sentence, I'm going to do it. And I'm not even going to try and explain to you what I'm doing. Because you probably, some people in the audience won't understand. And why must I explain? I'm not here to apologize for who I am. And so it's it's um, connecting with who I am at the, at the heart of it. And like the very authentic me has, has been liberating in one way. There are days that I still, like I go, I wonder how this is being seen. But Mm. the more I do it, the more my courageous muscle flexes. Mm. And the more I hear women saying, I'm so glad you asked that question because I was sitting with it actually and I wasn't sure if it's okay to. You know, the more like I I use that um, feedback and validation as fuel to keep me going. And and I, I, I appreciate the fact that in my experience of changing the narrative out there I'm making it okay for other women like me to also come into the space and be themselves like take my painful years that I had and use that to commit to yourself that you're going to be yourself and I think that's also why I'm so committed to men and women showing up as themselves and 
in the workplace. Like you shouldn't have to go through that that torture to the point where you you doubt yourself on every mm. level. Mm. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like that, and I don't want to be part of a system that creates that for other people. Mm. And so, come as you are. Like right now, if we're having, if I'm running a workshop, I had it recently in a workshop, and um, one of the delegates had a, a one-year-old baby she was sitting on the bed and she kept going off screen and I could hear the baby I said oh is that your little one and then I said bring bring the baby on screen like we want to see the baby and like at first she was like what Mm. (laughs) and I was just like why are we pretending like we all know that you know people are at home children are at home like like why do we want to box and compartmentalize and I could just see this woman like was, uh, she just showed up differently for the rest of the call. So, so the more leaders can get comfortable and uh, the more we can all do that in our space, I think like the better, the better for everyone. Mm. Absolutely. That's so true. Um, and I was, uh, I recorded a podcast. I was being interviewed on a podcast recently and um, the person who was interviewing me, her toddler was running around and she would be you know screeching out of delight every now and then and I felt that it was so important to just outright embrace that because this is life this is this is humanity this is Mm. you know we're dealing with people real life people and for us to continue to want to perpetuate cycles where we act like people don't have lives people don't have Mm families and children people don't have anything outside of work is insane and it continues to put all of this undue pressure on people to be who they're not to you know try and erase who they are outside of the workplace um it's just such a crazy thing but also just you know it's just this ongoing reminder of the fact that workplaces were designed by for men and even Mm. after all of these years we're in 2020 and yet still so many women are being shamed for showing up on these calls and having their children or hearing children Mm. in the background Mm. you know so many people are speaking about being in zoom calls and people are like uh we can hear your kids in the background can you please get them to keep quiet like uh, are you kidding (laughs) are you kidding me Uh -uh, that's not okay right it's absolutely insane absolutely insane and yet you want and yet you you, yeah and you want people to show up as fully you want them to deliver to the best of their ability and yet you do not give them the grace to actually be living their lives to be human this is normal life (laughs) that that is that's just it's it's rude it's it's like it's intolerant my face is eating up from anger just hearing that because because it's 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 like this thing where we want to control people number one Mm. secondly it's this warped view we have about what professionalism is yeah it's another word i use like i i tread very lightly around it because it's also got so many undertones Mm. um and also you know what eh? if you say to people come as you are and you really trust your staff believe me they will have your back in turn in in return i mean i don't know why some people think like they need to do that say like tell your children to be quiet like 
Yo, I, I challenge someone to do that to me. I'm like, I'm actually now very upset. But the thing is, like, if, if, you, if, you, if you say, oh, wow, I see your kids on the background. Hi, come say hello. Exactly. Like, the employee feels better. Exactly. The child gets to have a lively discussion and get to see who their parents engage with. Mm. Um, the child gets to see what caring leadership looks like. And it starts to shape their views of the world. Um, and it's like everyone is happy. So, so how about we just take five minutes to get to know the employees that we've been working with for the longest time, but we've actually never gotten to know them. Mm. How about we use these Zoom calls to get a sense of who people really are, minus the cloak, minus the the mask that that companies have forced you know people to to wear, mm. um, and get to know who people really are. And believe me. That little gesture that you think is small and insignificant, it's massive. It's big. It, the, 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 the person feels happy. The, the, like, like it's really is a win-win situation. I was chatting to, to my client yesterday who designed this, a workshop on um, leading in the online world. Lovely little initiative. And I loved these. The first slide said, come as you are kids everyone welcome on the zoom call well mm. not even say like everyone welcome like not bring the whole family to the workshop not like that but like if your child's gonna walk past behind you and we're gonna see them on the screen cool like mm. like there's bigger things to worry about in the world than that yeah and here's my thing as well about zoom because of of, of covid and the lockdown people are needing to work from home in other words work is invading in our private space yeah let's not let's not make another masala about what's happening there work is invading in your home space mm. so you're now telling me to take my home at my home and put it somewhere else yeah that doesn't make sense come on let's be real let's just let's just remember and get true perspective about what is happening um so little things like that can go a long way which to my point earlier it takes a leader to look at the situation at any given mm. point and say where are the opportunities to create a more authentic culture yeah. right here and right now? Because yeah. that's powerful and people will forever remember that. When when I look back on my journey now, the people that stand out, okay, there are one or two cards, like I told you about, but I mean, the, the people that stand out are the ones that made me feel like I matter, like yeah. I belong. Like even though my accent is different, that doesn't make me less of a person. Mm. It doesn't make me less intelligent. Mm. It doesn't mean I add less value. Mm. I can be who I am. I don't need to think about, oh, I must speak like this. For what? For <laughs> then, <laughs> then I must speak like that, and then I must go home, and then I come home, and then my parents say, and then why are you speaking so funny? <laughs> why are you speaking so funny? And then I speak to my friends, and I don't know who I am, but then I've got like 50 tabs open about who I'm supposed to be. No, it's exhausting. That's energy that nobody has. Mm. Well, how about we create spaces for people to just show up as they are and, and then trust that within that, they will achieve excellence with, through, and in that. Mm, absolutely. I think, you know, this period has really, I mean, we know because this is work that we do. So we know that, you know, there are so many leadership gaps that exist um, and so many organizations um, not just private sector, but also public sector. We're talking in politics. You know, there are so many uh, examples of poor leadership. But, you know, this whole 
what the pandemic has also done is shine an even brighter spotlight um, on the on the gaps that exist and how disconnected and intentionally so uh, so many leaders are from the teams that they are responsible for leading the people that they're responsible for developing for caring for for supporting you know um, and it's just been such an an insane time for me because some of the stories that I hear and the things that I read I'm just like just as a human being <laughs> how does it make sense to to treat people that way or to say certain things to people I mean there's a right at the beginning of of the of the pandemic there's a a, a client that I was doing some consulting work for um and so in all of the stress and the panic around, you know, what is this going to mean and all of these things, everybody kind of just went into overdrive, right? And, mm. you know, they would want to have uh, video calls or, you know, conference calls at like 8.30, 9pm. And I was just like, no, <laughs> no, no, I am not available. It is not going to happen. And you can see that they genuinely can't understand why I am being difficult, right? Why am I not making availing myself? Why am I not being a team player? And I'm just like, why do you not understand boundaries? Yeah. This work is not my life. I have a life outside of this. Yeah. Firstly, I need time for myself mm. because at... 7.30, I know already I'm going to be waking up to a whole bunch of WhatsApps in that WhatsApp group <laughs> that I need to go through, um, put in a full day's work. And then you still want me to be on calls at 8.30, 9pm at night. When do I have time for yeah. myself? When do I have time for my daughter? When do I have time to cook and everything else that I need to do? When do I have time to do the work that fulfills me, the stuff that gives me mm -hmm. joy? Do you know what I mean? And also, yeah. what about my other clients that I actually need to service? Do you know? So yeah. people, are, I've, I've realized just how selfish people are and how unrealistic they are in their expectations of others. And I think it, it has opened up my eyes to just how bad the situation actually is when mm. I think about the workplace. Like, it's horrendous. I think, um, you know, and we've also spoken about this a part of it is also that sort of, and we spoke about it previously as well, that mental enslavement mm. and mental slavery where we go, actually, I can push back and say no. Mm. I don't have to accept. And in, in some cultures, can we just be honest, it's extremely hard because this person is like forever yapping away and making you feel like you're not good enough and, you know. Mm. throwing away your career if you don't stay like for the 10 p.m call <laughs> um we we we've got to start challenging and pushing back and and in especially like you know tired in the spaces where you feel that there is a bit of psychological safety to mm. say you know what i'm actually the type of person that i i need an hour in the morning so can we start at 10 o'clock and 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 so i think there, there's that but also can we also say that whoever, if you're a leader and you're listening to this podcast, can we change our concept of time? Mm. Because this thing about eight o'clock, half past eight, you're not walking into a building. You are attending to your children. You are 
like in my case, kids are homeschooling, and mm. we're all sort of waiting for our personalities to kick, yeah. <laughs> to kick in. And there's just a lot happening at that time. Like it's a, it's a horrible hour, you know. So so instead of thinking like we need to start like meetings at eight thirty, half of these meetings are just meetings for the sake of meetings yeah. anyway. Can can we actually look at our con- the concept of time differently and go? Okay, so how about we introduce a rule: no meetings before ten o'clock. And we can only meet between 10 and 1 or 2 every day. Mm. Um, because people, some people like have their best thinking in the morning, but in solitude. You know, yeah. other people have their best thinking in mornings, but with other people. Mm. So let's cater for everyone because we need to build a new system now that enables people's best thinking. Mm. And that means we must throw away the previous recipe, which half the time wasn't working anyway. Yeah. Um, throw away that recipe, rethink our, what we think about time, rethink what what our views are around delivery, rethink what our views are around ticking off things on, on a list, like we should be thinking of a value-added output anyway, and then go, okay, so if this is our new definition of success, how do we operate differently? Mm. Get the team to talk about when would they like to meet, how would they like to meet? And and let's form a new recipe. We we it's it's a very exciting time if you see it that way. But to try and take the this copy paste approach that we used before, and I it's horrible. I hear stories of grads like in a meeting at midnight. Midnight for no. what? For who? Mm-mm. What are you talking about at midnight? Like like we 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 must we fool ourselves into thinking like. To have people on the phone for sixteen hours a day, it's good and it's productive. It's productive. Mm. Thinking. No, 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 no. Please go visit the the any work around neuroscience will tell you that solitude is good for everyone. Mm. Silence is good for everyone. So here's what the stuff that introverts have been doing so naturally, we need to now learn from them. we need to learn about taking time out to recharge we need to learn about stopping our day very deliberately and being in silence and just reflecting and journaling and processing and consolidating creating space in the mind for those neurons to start firing and for us to have make those connections because this loud yep 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 um, BS that we think is a success and now we try and enforce it through Zoom and Teams and whatever else, mm. actually it's it's reducing the quality of thinking and the quality of our thinking informs everything we do. Mm. So if you want better thinking, babes, rethink how we're showing up right now in the world. Um, we, we don't need to be having a meeting for a meeting about a meeting. <laughs> cut back on meetings and give people time to figure things out on their own measure output don't micromanage um ask people how they want to be managed during this time like mm. let's step up as leaders and and create a, a new kind of normal absolutely now um before we close off i think you know for a lot of people they might be sitting and listening and thinking yes i want to get to a point where I show up authentically in various spaces and particularly the workplace. I want to, you know, switch on my confidence. I want to play big, but I don't know where to start. 
what would your advice be? So, so firstly, um, and especially for the people listening who have introverted preferences, or if you're showing up in the world as an extrovert, but you, you, you deep down, you are an introvert. There is so much literature right now around the power of introverts. Please look into that. <laughs> look into um, the literature, case studies, recommendations, and 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 um, there are there are movements. Um, there's one really cool movement called the Quiet Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, clever play on words, but. But there are movements happening. It's not happening fast enough. But but recognize that how you are right now. Right now, today, as you're listening to this podcast, you are enough. Mm. You've got everything in you to, to be successful. But that sort of movement starts with you accepting you. Then then start um like when when you when you're showing up in, in meetings, like take the pressure off you to say ten things. If you go into meetings and you want to say, make one intervention, you want to say two things, you want to say three things, and they are incredibly powerful, that's also okay. Mm. Because it's not about, can you say lots of things? You can say a lot and you can say absolutely bugger all. Yeah. <laughs> you can say nothing at the same because, time. So, sorry, just to so, interrupt you there, on that particular point, I am sick and tired of people who <laughs> will sit in meetings and say, yeah, just to echo what Celeste said. Ah. <laughs> She's already no. said it. Leave it alone. <laughs> Don't echo me. Don't oh, echo my that. gosh. Be <laughs> quiet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, that's really funny. Look, I think, I think um, there may be times that you say something and that resonates with me, right? And, and I like your comment and I want to build on it. But if you find yourself constantly, like you said, habitually saying to echo, to echo what you see, to echo, no, no, no. That's just like saying for the sake of saying and filling up that space that we could be, if we all spent that time in silence, we actually get more mm. out of our meeting and our thinking and our, and our delivery. So, so, so check out the work happening around the power of, of introverts and quiet um show up as yourself and and know that there's value in the one or two statements you know if 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 that's how it shows up for you as somebody listening to this start to start to um for the for for the parents let's make it okay for our kids to be introverts at home mm. you know we we've spent a lot of our conversation here talking about psychological safety at work well, there's psychological safety at home. Because if we give our, our children the message that it's okay to be their quiet, powerful selves at home, they will bring that confidence into the workplace. Because, you know, they would have had so many years of, I'm okay as I am. And mm. so people won't necessarily get as much of a, of a culture shock. And then for the leaders, I appeal to them to work very, very hard and um, to create that safety and that psychological mm. safety and that inclusive space for for other people by starting to scrutinize like the culture that they have created mm. because 
the leader's job in setting the tone for the culture. That's the biggest factor here. Mm. You know, if we can say to people, show up as you are, but if the leader um, does something else, that's ultimately got more waiting. So for the leaders listening, um, like learn to respect the value that the introverts bring into the space. Mm. Learn to appreciate solitude. Learn to appreciate silence. Everything doesn't have to be teamwork and pair work and yeah. group work. Like, get ask people to work on certain aspects of their project on their own, mm. and then then when everyone's done that, maybe then think about teamwork if you absolutely have to. Again, I think teamwork is beautiful, but you know, so so with solitude. For the facilitators listening to to the podcast, I'd like to say you know, and I I, I do this on Zoom calls. When you're running a workshop on on Zoom put people in their own breakout room, Mm. just them and the breakout room. Mm. And what's wonderful about that is that people have time to sit with their own thinking. Don't Mm. go through workshops where we do one group activity after the other. It's exhausting. When we get to the point of running workshops again with people in a workshop, stop your workshops and ask people to to go for walks on their own. Mm with themselves by themselves so so i think we we must what i'm saying in a long ways we must tackle this this challenge from multiple perspectives what we expect people to do what we expect leaders to do and then like consultants like you and i also shape the space Mm. what can we do through our work that starts to change some of the practices happening Mm, absolutely and i think that that's a a great way to actually end off this conversation um because i think the takeout, um, aside from everything else we shared, the key thing for me um, is around taking the time to reflect mm. on what the current situation is, um, where we fit into it, um, and what we can do to begin to change, evolve, uh, improve the way in which we're currently doing things um, so that we can create better environments but also create... Um, or I guess unleash the truest versions of ourselves in every space that we're in and to do so with all of the confidence that we have, whether it's loud or quiet. Mm. So for people who want to connect with you um, online, Celeste, where can they find you? Can I tease you and say I would like to echo what Celeste just said? <laughs> Girl, I will disinvite you. <laughs> So so if people want to find me, they can go on to my website. Ooh, it's so cool that I could mention that first. Uh, uh, boldcuriosity.com. They can check me out on Facebook as well. Um, Instagram, also Bold Curiosity. Twitter, I'm Boldly Celeste. <laughs> and uh, was that everything? Yes. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And LinkedIn, Celeste Stewart. Awesome. Celeste, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and for again sharing all of your incredible knowledge um, around this work that you're doing. It's such a pleasure and it was lovely, lovely, lovely to be back. And thank you for joining us for another episode of The Workplace Revolution with Sihle Bolani. I will see you again next time.